You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just before we dive into this episode, like I mentioned in the intro, going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly from this performance with the Rams and the Cardinals in week four. Dive into some of the PFF numbers. We've got the entire breakdown here. I wanted to tell you guys all about Rock Auto, amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And just wanted to say quickly, thank you guys for always making us your first daily listen here at the Locked On Rams podcast. We're trying to give you guys the best possible content when it comes to the Rams. So we can now dive into this performance. And we talked about it, obviously, on yesterday's game recap episode. But those kind of episodes are always a little bit tough to navigate because you're coming off the high or the low of the performance. You just watched it live. We typically record right after the game is done, more or less. And so you're still kind of feeling in that mood of maybe you're a little bit too excited about a win, maybe a little bit too down about a loss. Not much has really changed for me over the last 24 hours. Still, when you look at this game, not a good performance by the Rams. The one thing that did stand out, though, the number one player, I think, for the Rams in this contest, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, you look at some of these PFF numbers, the guy had a tremendous performance in this game, and I think we all kind of expected that. We knew that it would probably happen, and we did talk about it in yesterday's episode as well, but now we've got the numbers to prove it. He was targeted four times in this game, gave up one reception, For 18 total yards in this game, only a 45.8 passer rating in his coverage, which, I mean, that's amazing. 18 yards in a game. This guy continues to stand out week after week, and we know that he's the best cornerback in football. But I think as of right now, he's almost being undervalued or overshadowed by, you know, not just being the best cornerback in the league. I think we all feel comfortable about making that statement right now. But we're watching one of the best ever, probably. Like, this guy is that good. He's going to be getting a Hall of Fame jacket, a gold jacket at some point when his career is over. And I really just wanted to give him a quick, huge shout-out because he's been everything and then some for the Rams since that trade. Of course, they traded a boatload of picks, two first-rounders, and I believe like a fourth-rounder for his services. And most people would tell you there is not a player in the NFL that's not a quarterback that is worth that kind of compensation. Yet this guy... Went from Jacksonville, probably being the best corner in football, to taking it another tier, another level with the Rams here, and he's been unreal. I mean, everything they ask him to do, he does at a high level. He's physical. He tackles. He will give you everything he has on every snap, and he was by far the best, biggest bright spot for the Rams in this performance because even in a game where the Cardinals put up 37 points on offense, they just demolished the Rams. I mean, they did anything they wanted, whether it was running the ball passing the ball, passing the ball deep, whatever they wanted. And yet Jalen Ramsey still only gave up 18 yards in coverage, really speaks to how talented this player is and how much of an elite level he's playing at right now. And another thing that I thought was really awesome to see, his running mate, Darius Williams, only gives up three receptions for 26 total yards. That is a really good game for him as well. He's been a little bit shaky to start the season, just doesn't really look 100% comfortable just yet. But this game, I think, could be a good stepping stone for him as well. And if you're probably looking at these numbers, Darius Williams, 36 yards, Ramsey, 18 yards, 
who was beat all game. I mean, the Cardinals put up nearly 40 points. They were obviously throwing the ball with a lot of success too. And we'll dive into some of that stuff in just a few moments. We'll get into the ugly and the bad portions of this game, which I promise you there were a lot of. But even looking at the pass rush, not a good day for this unit in general, but someone like Leonard Floyd finds a way to step up and lead this team in pressures with five on the day. So that is obviously a good performance for him. Didn't really amount to all that crazy of a performance. And he did get some other things like a flag for a face mask, which was the right call. It was a face mask for sure. There's no doubt about that. It was just unfortunate because Kyler Murray sort of ducked into it and it would have been a sack otherwise. So obviously that hurts taking a sack off the board and instead giving this team 15 yards and a first down, which was the right call. Just unfortunate kind of got to lower that target area there for Leonard Floyd, not let that hand get up so high. That's just kind of a bang, bang play. And obviously you're going against a quarterback who's a lot smaller than a lot of other quarterbacks. So not ideal there, but it overall good performance from his end, moving to the offensive side of the ball. Didn't really feel like anybody put together a great game in this one, but the run game, the offensive line, the run blocking was tremendous in this game. We talked about it on yesterday's episode. Daryl Henderson, I think at halftime, was averaging 9.2 yards per carry, which is absurd. I mean, every time you're touching the ball, you're getting nine yards. That's nearly a first down. I mean, that is just crazy to think, especially that the Rams went away from the running game after having so much success there. Daryl Henderson thought he had a very good game. Someone did message me on Twitter as well, and they said he kind of looks like he's almost not as explosive this season coming through the hole. You know, you look at him, he just doesn't have that same juice, and I actually agree. And I know a lot of people commented and said, you know, he's bracing for hits, he's got the rib injury, but that's something that I've noticed all year too. Even though he's played really well, and I think he's the best running back on the team, he does look like he's just not as explosive, maybe not going back to last year, but even going back to college, he broke a lot of runs that were 10 or 12 yard, 15 yard gains and turned them into 40 yard touchdowns. And we just really haven't seen that in the NFL. So kind of curious to see what's going on there, but all in all, he had a great game. I mean, you can't complain how he performed, especially knowing this guy was injured last week and couldn't play last week. And now you have to go out there as a running back, take how many hits? I mean, you're touching the ball 15, 20 times and your ribs are hurting. I'm sure he was hurting a lot before that game. Couldn't imagine how he's feeling right now. So you got to give it up to him for the performance and for the toughness that he displayed by going out there. And the last thing, again, the offensive line, Andrew Whitworth did not allow any pressures in this game. Old Reliable continues to do it. Anytime you're going against guys like J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, and you can come away from the game with no sacks given up, no pressures, you got to give that guy some credit, obviously. And Andrew Whitworth continues to be the standout performer on this offensive line because some of the other guys... Not that great of a contest. Six pressures for a guy like Austin Corbett, which is tough to see, especially after week three, where he was the best lineman on the team. So, you know, there's some things to clean up, of course. The good, not that much good. Obviously, it was a very short segment here where we looked at what positives the Rams had in this game. And anytime you're only scoring 20 points, seven of which came in garbage time, really 13 points, and give up nearly 40 you're probably going to have a lot of negatives to come out of that game with. And it's a good thing ultimately for the Rams. The last good thing here is that they're going up against the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday night football, which means right now they're already past this game. They're already game planning knee deep into the future for that Seahawks game because they have no time to waste. That game is coming quick. And the last thing that does help is you just played a guy like Kyler Murray. You're going to be going against Russell Wilson here in a few days. Those guys play quarterback very similar at least in terms of the way they can run around, extend plays, and how they like to push the ball down the field. 
it's kind of a good warm-up for the Rams going into this next one because now, I mean, you can correct the mistakes that you had against Murray where he was dancing all around the field pretty much at will and try to not allow those same things to happen in this next one against Russell Wilson, who we mentioned does a lot of the similar things and has been doing it for a lot longer. I mean, this guy's been doing that for a decade now in the NFL, so the Rams have a lot of experience against him. So we'll see ultimately how they can adjust their game plan moving forward into the next game. You guys can always follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP at Locked On Rams and on YouTube at Locked On Rams. One thing you need to know about Bet Online, one of our sponsors for today's episode, they'll take care of you for all your betting needs. You guys know I like to bet around here too. I lost three close bets all by one bet on a parlay, which is unfortunate. I did also bet on the Rams a decent chunk of change, which obviously did not work out in my favor. Feels like every time I bet on the Rams, it just doesn't go as planned. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. They've got everything you can imagine from the half million dollar NFL mega contest to the $200,000 survivor contest, which are both open as we speak. All you have to do is head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football to basketball to boxing to horse racing. Don't wait and make sure to take advantage of all the offers available right now for the 2021 season. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now we can dive into some of this bad and ugly stuff from this game, which we mentioned. There's a lot to talk about here. Not that good, unfortunately, for the Rams. And I mean, the ugly, I think we're going to save the worst of the worst for that. When it comes to the bad performance here, I'm looking at things like the lack of chemistry continues to show up on the offensive side of the ball. Matthew Stafford, four or five weeks into it now, still doesn't look 100% comfortable. And I talked about this on Twitter and got a lot of flack for it. I mentioned that this is why teams play their starters in the preseason because they don't want to spend a month or two months into the season trying to work out the kinks that should be layups. I mean, there's a lot of these passes that should be easy completions. And for a guy of his caliber and talent, he's making them all day, but he just seems to always have that one throw every now and again, where it just comes up. And sometimes it's with Robert Woods. Sometimes it's with Cooper cup. Sometimes it's with Deshaun Jackson. And in this instance, we've seen it multiple times with cup and Jackson, which the Rams can't really do much about now. They chose not to play their starters in the preseason. I agree with that decision. I don't think it's worth the risk investment there when you consider injuries and things like that. But that's why we talked about it. It might take two months for these guys to be 100% good to go. You look back to last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, he's a pretty good quarterback, I think, for whoever is listening here. This guy took upwards of 10 weeks to get down his playbook and his chemistry there. And he's the best ever. So, you know, if that took him 10 weeks, I think it's pretty fair to expect that Stafford needs at least a month, month and a half, maybe two months to get everything together. So that's one of the areas that sucks. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it now. Just continue to practice and hope that eventually they really do catch up to each other here. But still, a lot of missed passes, a lot of free production that they just are not getting right now. And who knows how long it'll take until they finally do get that. The next thing, getting away from the running game here. Makes no sense to me. I mean, Sean McVay continues to do this. And at this point, I think we just kind of have to accept it. It's something that's clearly never going to change. I don't think it hasn't through four and a quarter seasons now as the head coach. And I mean, obviously he's a guy that likes to throw the ball and you can't really question it too much. Matthew Stafford, great player. He's had a lot of explosive passes this season. The Rams offense being very productive, 
But sometimes you got to do the thing that's just working and adjust on the fly and not get away from what's working. And I think the Rams really played into the hand of the Cardinals here in this game because all they really had to do was keep running it. And eventually the Cardinals would have had to stack the box to try and stop the run, which they probably would have done. But then you're susceptible to the pass. And then you can open those things up a little bit more like you want to. So just think they really got away from the run way too early in this game. And unfortunately for them, you know, that's the kind of stuff that keeps your defense on the field because then you can't extend drives. You're not out there for 10, 12, 15 plays on offense. And that's only going to make it harder for your defense when you have to contain a guy like Kyler Murray all game. He's going to tire you out. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happened for the Rams in this contest. The next one here, stale pass rush. I mean, all in all, this pass rush has been pretty good this season. I would say they've been solid and they kind of felt that loss of Justin Hollins in this game, who's obviously now going to be on the IR list. And, you know, somebody had to replace him and it felt like nobody really did a great job in this one. Yeah, I mentioned Leonard Floyd had a good game, but outside of him, it was a lot of stale pass rushes from really everyone across the board here. The interior guys never really expect too much from these guys. Sebastian Joseph Day, Greg Gaines, Aaron Donald. You look at Sebastian Joseph Day, only two pressures in this game. Aaron Donald, only two pressures in this game as well. And shout out to the Cardinals and their offensive line and their game plan because I've watched every single game of Aaron Donald's career multiple times over game tape and coaches film. And I have not gotten to the coaches film just yet, but that had to have been one of the best performances or game plans we've ever seen against number 99 because other than one pressure that I can remember off the top of my head that did not result in a sack or a throwaway, he was quiet in this game. I mean, they did a tremendous job at applying the pressure there and making sure that they'd be happy to let anybody else beat them and not the best player in football. So tremendous job by them. Outside of them, though, nothing really. Terrell Lewis, three pressures. That's an okay day for him. Obo Okoronko, a guy that I really liked, still getting his footing under him. That was his first game this season. He was on the short-term injured reserve list through the first three games. So we'll see if anyone else can step up here against Russell Wilson because they need it. They need to maintain their rush lanes a lot better than they did in that game and not necessarily just get home and acquire or throw up 10 sacks. That's not necessarily the case. They just need to be way more determined and focused in terms of where their rush lanes are and how to contain these mobile quarterbacks, keeping them in the pocket. Because when a Wilson, when a Murray leaves that pocket, that's when they're their most dangerous. So that's something I think they definitely have to work on. And it plays into the last thing that I have listed here for the bad portion, and it's the lack of discipline on all sides of the ball. I mean, you're looking at offensively, turnovers, things like that. Defensively, not good. I mean, the pass rush is getting all over the place. The secondary is not doing that great in terms of the coverage. At least some of the other players, not Ramsey and Williams, like we mentioned. And now the coaching staff too in this game, not a good performance by these guys either. You need to clean up the discipline going forward because these are the little things that you can play a role in changing. Ultimately, yes, sometimes you're going to be beat. Sometimes you're just not going to have it, but you can't beat yourself. And that's the biggest issue, I think, for the Rams. Going back through this game too, they did a great job at beating themselves on top of the Cardinals also beating them. And that's what happens when you lose a game 37 to 20. Things don't look that great ultimately after the game, but the Rams are still in a good and fine spot. They're three and one, one of the best teams in the NFC. Yes, the media outlash will be tough for this week. And luckily for the Rams and Rams Nation, Rams fans, you listeners, it's going to be a short week. So the Rams have a very quick turnaround here to change the narrative once again in just a few days. If they come out of Seattle at 4-1, and one, you then have 9, 10 days of rest 
that's going to be a nice amount of time there for your roster to really just get a moment to breathe and sort of rehab some of those issues and injuries. And then you head into the easier part of your schedule where you're going to have teams like the Houston Texans, the Detroit Lions, the New York Giants, the Tennessee Titans all coming up in that stretch after this game. So the Rams could very well be seven and two or eight and one when we look back in a month's time. So ultimately right now they're just fine. And that will take us into the ugly portion in just a second here, which was very, very ugly for the Rams. As always, you guys keep checking back in throughout the rest of this week. We're going to break down the rest of this game and then flip the page and break down the matchup between the Rams and the Seahawks, which is going to be a juicy one in the NFC West. And of course, thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at the Lockdown Rams podcast. You've heard me talk about Rock Auto many times on this podcast as well. You don't have to go through that song and dance where you go to your mechanic, you got to leave your car for a long time, you're looking for a part that's just absurdly expensive or takes 10 days to get in to the shop. Don't have to do that anymore. All you have to do is visit Rock Auto. These guys will take care of you. They are a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you're a person who likes to fix things yourself or you're a professional and you're looking for reliably low prices, they'll take care of you. They got everything, every make, model you can imagine. I'm sure they're going to have whatever you need for your vehicle as well. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you there. And then, of course, we always love being your first daily listen here at the Locked On Rams pod. Your second daily listen should be the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson will break down everything you need to know about the NFL, the biggest stories every day in under 30 minutes. It's available for free on any podcast platform that you guys do listen to. That takes us right now into the final segment here, the ugly segment. And a lot of this right here was just filled with the turnovers and the coaches and the game plans because they really did not give themselves even an opportunity to win this game. I think, you know, if you can clean up some of those turnovers and all that stuff where you call yourselves getting shot in the foot, you're shooting yourself in the foot, you probably have a decent shot to at least make this a game. But you look at the turnovers, right? Matthew Stafford pushes the ball a little bit too greedy in that first quarter, I think it was, or at the beginning of the second quarter, and underthrows Deshaun Jackson on a deep route, it's picked off. I mean, that's not the worst thing, right? At the end of the day, it's basically an arm punt. You lost 50 yards of field position there, so not the biggest issue. The only issue is sometimes you just got to know when to tuck it and not take that chance. And if you are going to take that chance, at least overthrow everyone. That's the one thing, right? Deshaun Jackson is a pretty fast player, and Stafford's got a pretty strong arm. So an incompletion, a lot better than an interception. I think any offense would happily tell you that at this point. That's the one thing. They really need to work on that chemistry. We've seen it now come up multiple times where Stafford is just either too far out front, which has almost never really happened, or way too far behind Jackson on a deep route, on a crossing route. And it's unfortunate because the Rams brought in Jackson to win over the top, to win vertically, to make explosive plays. And Stafford is the kind of guy that's going to give him opportunities. And I love every single second of that because explosives play in the NFL. If you can create explosives and stop explosives, when I say that, I mean explosive plays, you're going to likely be a very good football team. That's just the truth here. And so far, they've done it at a very good clip on both sides of the ball. But they need to clean up the mistakes here, the lack of chemistry, because if you're getting one explosive play, you probably should be getting three or four. I mean, we're talking about 
receivers that are getting open, quarterbacks that have the ability and willingness to push it deep, the coaching staff that's going to be able to get these guys in advantageous positions, you need to clean up the chemistry, right? And I don't know how long it's going to take. If it ever even gets down, we'll see. But you just cannot lose those big scoring plays. Those are the ones that really, really kill you, and especially when they turn into turnovers. The second interception, luckily the Rams get that one wiped off the board with a penalty. I think it was a hands to the face or roughing the pass or whatever the refs called it, which was the right call, but a very, very soft one. The Rams got lucky on that one. Stafford got very lucky on that one because it was a terrible decision. It was a terrible pass. Sometimes, like I mentioned, the best play is just eating it, right? Eating the sack, throwing it away, whatever the case is. That one would have been a sack. Sometimes just take the sack, right? That's the best outcome, not the interception. So Stafford's done a great job. You can't knock him too much, but this was definitely not his best performance. And the last turnover, maybe the most killer one, Sony Michelle fumbling the ball on the 25-yard line, the Rams 25-yard line. So when the Cardinals recoup that fumble, they're already in guaranteed three-point position and they ultimately go down and score seven points, which that's a killer. I mean, you need to stop turning the ball over. And if Sony Michelle is the guy that wants to buy himself more playing time in this offense, that is not the way to do it. I mean, right now, I don't know how you could possibly go away from Daryl Henderson, take away some of those snaps and give them to Michelle. Because in my mind, Henderson has been by far the better runner and he's been way more safe with the football now too. I mean, that is giving you every reason to stay away from Michelle for now. Of course, you don't want to kill a guy for one turnover. You know, it's not the end of anything here, but you just cannot afford to put the ball on the ground as a running back. That is the number one rule. Always protect the football. These are the backbreakers, right? That was the turning point in the game. I felt like where the Rams were kind of going blow for blow. Things looked okay. And then you turn the ball over. You give them another chance at a score. I think they went up by two scores at that point. And it really just started to feel like the Rams were going to start pressing at that point, which is what happened. And that's where it really unraveled quickly and badly. But again, just don't turn it over. That was the huge issue in this game. Way too many turnovers to win. And the Cardinals, they did a tremendous job at making the Rams pay for those turnovers. It wasn't just, you know, we got an interception or we recovered a fumble, went three and out and kicked it back. They scored 14 points off those two turnovers. So clearly a great job at making the Rams pay for their mistakes. And the last thing here, the coaches, the game plan. I just thought this was really, really ugly of a performance by them. We talked about it in the earlier portion here. Why do you get away from the running game? I mean, it was working. It was clearly one of the things that the Rams could have rode to a good offensive performance, yet they go away from it way too early. That was one huge issue here on the offensive side of the ball. You look at some of the other things, I mean, not going for it on fourth down. There was at least two instances where it made no sense to not go for it on fourth down. And the Rams, for one of them, settle for a field goal attempt. 46-yarder, Matt Gay misses his first kick of the season. And the other, they punt it back. Just feels like it was way too safe. And I know this has been Sean McVay's MO throughout the course of his career. So it didn't shock me. It did not surprise me. But it's just disheartening to see because you thought maybe he just didn't feel comfortable before because of the quarterback, the Jared Goff thing versus now you got Stafford. You have no excuse to not be going for these things. I think right now you just need to be more aggressive and you're just trusting your defense too much, especially in that game where they couldn't stop anything. I mean, they really did not stop the Cardinals at all. I think there was two forced punts and nearly 40 points on the board for the Cards. So you don't want to trust them in that type of environment. In my opinion, you have to know what's going on in the game, 
what's going to give you your best chance to win. And it was clearly at best going to be a shootout where the Rams would maybe keep up, but they didn't do that either. So unfortunately, I just thought that was not a good idea to keep punting it back. Got to be more aggressive in those scenarios. And like I said, the game plan too, just not a good performance. Defensively, way too much space given up. You were beat over the top. Not good. The pass rush, not good. Offensively, they felt like they could have had a lot better day, but the lack of chemistry shows up. The turnovers show up. All of these different things, not running the ball enough. And then that turns into a compounding effect that is just not a good performance. The one guy we should single out here, David Long, did not have that good of a game. I talked about it yesterday. It wasn't the worst game. I think he allowed 85 yards in his coverage. And of course, that long touchdown to A.J. Green, the 41-yarder. So not that good. Obviously, you got to be a little bit tighter. And in my opinion, this is where teams need to attack the Rams. I mean, if you're going to throw it at anybody, throw it at Taylor Rapp, throw it at David Long Jr., throw it at the linebackers, Kenny Young, Troy Reader, and Kyler Murray did exactly that. He was targeting all of those guys in coverage consistently, and it worked out perfectly. I think that was such a veteran idea by him and such a good move because why would you throw it at Jalen Ramsey or Darius Williams. These guys are among the best corners in football when you have easier matchups out there. And they had a great offensive game plan and performance, which they attacked Taylor Rapp very often, David Long very often. You've seen a pass where they threw it to Chase Edmonds along the right sideline, which he nearly brings in for a big gain, a 35-yard gain, I want to say, against Troy Reader, but he just dropped it, unfortunately, and then his foot was kind of out of bounds, so it didn't count. But They had the perfect game plan here. Attack the weak spots of the Rams defense. And these guys are not necessarily bad players, but they're just not elite level contributors. Why would you attack those guys when you have better matchups out there? And that is a huge kudos to the Cardinals, especially Kyler Murray, because he knew exactly where he wanted to go with the football in this one. And he did a great job at making those guys pay. So unfortunately, those are some of the players I had circled for the ugly performances in this game. Not their fault. All in all, the defense needs to be better on all three levels, coverage, pass rush, stopping the run, everything. But at the end of the day, these things happen. The Rams lost the game. Not a good performance. You got to wipe this one clean. It's a fresh slate. You got a second divisional game coming up here against the Seattle Seahawks in just a couple days. So the Rams have no choice but to prepare for this next one. You cannot let a bad game sit in the back of your mind that forces you to lose focus Instead of looking ahead at the next opponent, losses happen. You probably weren't going to go 20-0 and 0 in this season. Unfortunately, I hate to break it to you. Now it's on to the next one. So that is going to do it for this episode here at the Locked On Rams podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys so much for making us your first daily listen here at the Locked On Rams pod. Make sure to tune in throughout the rest of the week. My guy, Brad Motter, former host, is going to join me tomorrow. We're going to dissect the rest of this game and then look ahead to Seattle in week five. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QBsMEP at LockedOnRams and on YouTube at LockedOnRams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.